Hello, everyone. We are rolling for another episode of the JJF1 podcast, where Jonah and Jordan talk about all things related to F1. Uh, we are currently recording between the Spanish and Monaco Grand Prix, and we are going to predict the 2022 grid, the 2022 driver lineup for Formula One. So, Jordan, how, how are you feeling? First off, uh, how are you feeling uh, leading up to Monaco? And second, uh, how are you feeling about your predictions? I'm feeling great about my predictions, and I'm feeling even better about that new McLaren livery unveiled, unveiled today. Yo, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. That livery is beautiful. I love it. I love it's, it. I'm feeling so great about very it. Very well done. Honestly, made my day. I love it. And I, uh, I thought that I thought that Hass's transition from black to white was a really weird choice, but McLaren going from orange to mostly white, I kind of dig it, you know? Yeah, I, I, you know, Golf Air has more of a presence on the livery now, and I like how the nose has both colors, and we went from this very bland McLaren livery a couple of years ago, you know, when they were just, like, getting into the, when they first put orange on their car? Very bland, no real sponsors. Now we got, like, a very uh, exciting livery for Monaco. I'm really upset that it's just the one-off, but it's, uh, it's, it's made me feel good today. So those are my feelings today. But I'm so excited to get into this episode because I got a lot to talk about when it comes to the silly season. You know, the season we all wait for. Silly season. Let's yes. go. <laughs> so for those who aren't familiar with silly season, the driver grid, you know, in a couple of months from now, this is when the window of opportunity to sign with new teams opens. Drivers who have contracts that end uh, at the end of this upcoming 2021 season. Or even drivers that have contracts for next year and get dropped. Or even, contra- we, as we've seen in the past, drivers even who have contracts. Oh, Sergio this Paris. is the time, this is the window where drivers change teams and sign with new teams for the upcoming season. So we predict which drivers are going to end up at what team at the first race, hopefully in Australia, for 2022. Um, and I'm feeling good about it. The way that Joe and I are going to do it is we're going to just go team by team uh, uh, of 2020 constructor standing. So we'll start off with Williams and end off at Mercedes. Yes. Uh, and uh, that being said, let's start off with Williams. And Jonah, you All tell right. me, what do you think is going to be the Williams lineup first in 2022? First hot take of the episode i have nicholas latifi and valtteri bottas <laughs> okay for those who are just listening jordan is face palming right now listen i think that this is I, you're you're gonna assume oh where's george russell in this grid you're gonna see where judge where george russell is hint it's not on williams because that's where he is now um i think that Nicholas Latifi, he's he's done solid in this year's car so far. And I think that Valtteri Bottas has just not cut it for Toto and for the Mercedes team. And I think that they're going to do uh, uh, a little bit of a driver swap. I mean, when you think of it, though, Valtteri Bottas had great success at Williams before he ended up coming to Mercedes. And because he did so well at Williams, that's why he ended up going to Mercedes. So I feel like he got his shot. You know, congratulations. We're going to move to bigger and better things. Uh, however, if you still want to drive, we're going to offer you Williams. And 
I think that it could actually be pretty good for Bottas because I've heard rumors that Williams are supposed to take a really big step in next next year after the regulation change. So I, the, I'm sticking to Bottas at Williams and Latifi at Williams because money talks. And I think that he's going to have a pretty decent year this year and that he, he deserves staying in that seat. So, Jonah, that was, that was a good hot take. And I very much disagree with half of the driver lineup. <laughs> um, because I do not think that Valtteri Bottas will uh, be at Williams next year. Who I do think will be at Williams next year is Nicholas Latifi, as we both said. Money talks. But I do think that this fuel, as you said in your little spiel, that Williams is supposed to take a big step forward next year. I think that that step forward is going to be fueled by an even larger injection of money, which is why I predict the second seat of Williams will not be George Russell, but it will be Roy Nassani. I figured you were going to say that. (laughs) Yeah, I think that it's going to be Roy Nassani. As uh, I've done a lot of research on this, uh, as I'm a big fan of him, as a test driver, just in general, I think that he is backed by the right people. His sponsors are already on the car. And I think that who, who, Sylvan Adams, the Montrealer who is backing him, is ready to inject more money into Roy Nassani's career. And I think that money does talk. And I think that this big step forward that Williams will take is because of the injection that Michael Latifi and Sylvan Adams will give to the Royal Williams team in 2022. You know what? I want to comment on that because if there's one driver that could be considered a rookie but has the most experience in F1 cars, it's Roy Nassani. I mean, say what you want about his, his, his money that he's bringing, which is a lot. Uh, it's led him to do, even this year alone, uh, in four races – one full day of, of preseason testing in Bahrain where you only had three days this year instead of six, as well as, what, what was it, FP1 in Barcelona? Exactly. Yeah, so I think that already just... And he's getting two more FP1s. Exactly. So he's getting the experience that he needs in the car to actually make that step next year. Um other contenders, though, I'm going to say Jamie Chadwick. Uh, weren't maybe. I, look, I'd love to see her in the car. I really would. I think it'd be a great, great step for Formula One. I think it'd really fit into the picture of, you know, we, we race as one, what they, what they value, inclusion. I'm all for that. And I think it would be fantastic to see her in the car. I just don't think that Williams will go that direction. I do think that, unfortunately... Nissani has the experience, has the backing, and therefore will get the seat. And I, I'm so confident in that. Uh, even though he doesn't have the best F2 career, I think that he knows the car the best and is the youngest person that knows the car the best. And that is why I'm putting him in that second Williams seat. You know, and I'm you, very excited to see him on the grid. It's, it's a very, very respectable choice. And I think that out of the two of our predictions, yours is definitely the more realistic one. Uh, coming to relative realism, we're going to go to Haas. So Haas, Jordan, what is your, 
What is your Haas lineup for next year? Look, it's going to be a little bit boring, this little uh, segment of the show, but uh, I'm sticking with the same two that they have this year. Mick Schumacher, number 47. Number nine, Nikita Mazepin. I don't think they're going to change. I think their sponsors are bringing good money. I think that's the only reason why they're there. I think that's the only reason why they can continue to be there. I think Mick Schumacher shows some talent. I think he can progress. And we'll see if Nikita Mazepin can progress as well. Now, here here is where I disagree with you, my friend. You're going to see, I do not have Mick Schumacher in the Haas lineup for for next year. I think that with the investment from Ural Kalai, they're going to go full Russian next year, and they're going to bring probably 2021 F2 champion Robert Schwartzman in to partner with Nikita Mazepin. And look, I don't follow, I haven't followed F2 for a very long time. I started watching F2 last year, but Robert Schwartzman is younger than both of us, Jordan. He's like 19 years old and he has managed to push the limits of that Prima car um, to fight with Mick Schumacher for the title last year. And in the first round in Bahrain this, this season, he had some very unfortunate circumstances that puts him in a a bad spot to continue the rest of the season. However, I think that he's really going to pick it up uh, and win in F2. And because he won't be able to go back into F2 because he wins, uh, Haas will go the full Russian route and bring in two Russian drivers. Uh, So that's why I think Schwartzman's going to be there. Nikita Mazepin, same reason. Money talks. Yes, this sport is the sport where money is the golden ticket. And that is why I respect your choice. I think that that's a very, very realistic um, driver lineup for Haas, especially with the increased um, sponsorship, the increased investment from Nikita Mazepin's father, who is one of the largest shareholders of, of that company, of Ural Kalai. The, and the, the yeah, and the title sponsor. And- the title sponsor, he has the flag on the car because now have the flag on his driver's license and broadcasted. It's a whole thing with Russia, but I, 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 I really respect your choice. Yeah, I think that it's going to be... Yeah, go for it. No, no, I, you were saying something? No, it's because you you were talking about the Russian flag and the house livery in of itself is a debatable livery because it looks a lot like the Russian flag, even though Russian flags are not allowed on any world championship in sports right now because Russia is banned officially from competing, well, banning athletes competing under the Russian flag because of the state-sponsored doping scandal. So, yeah. uh, the which way- is an issue in and of itself. Yeah. But the issue with the red, white, and blue is that Haas is an American team and they're registered in North Carolina. So, I think the way that they justified that is that, oh, it's the American colors. Don't worry about it. I think that this is going full Russian. It's a, it's a little fishy, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Um, and there's also rumors of rich energy coming in. There's, you know, rumors of Gene Haas being bought out. So Haas is a whole other ball game. I think they have too much red tape to figure out within their organization. 
for that reason, that's why I am sticking with the same lineup. Mick Schumacher is a proven driver. I don't see him leaving F1 anytime soon, especially because he's carrying the Schumacher family name. I think he has a lot to learn with the Haas F1 team. And I think that they know that. And I think that's why they're going to believe in his potential and carry him on for the future seasons. But I love Robert Schwartzman. I think Robert Schwartzman is an incredible talent. I see him winning an F2 as well. And that is why I placed him with Alfa Romeo along with Callum Eilat for Ooh. those two seats. I don't so, think... So we, we, you have Giovinazzi and Raikkonen leaving the sport. I think that both drivers... I think they're going to pull a Haas of 2020 and pull both drivers out of the lineup. I think that Kimi Raikkonen will retire. He's getting to that age where, you know, he's racing for fun. But it might not be so fun sitting at the back of the grid trying to compete for a midfield position. Giovinazzi is a young Italian driver they love having on the team because of his, his roots, because of his background. He is a great talent, but he had three years to prove that he can make a jump, that he could take the car and push it more. And unfortunately, I think we're going to see another Marcus Erickson situation where he was not able to do that and will be leaving F1. And that's why I have the phenomenal talents that is Callum Eilat and Robert and Robert Schwartzman in that car for next season. All right. So let's talk about Callum Eilat for a little bit more, because in Alfa Romeo, I also have him occupying one of those seats. Look. Callum Eilat did a really good job last year in F2. Um, he came runner-up to Schumacher and showed that he could definitely fight on one of the most competitive F2 grids that we've seen in, the, in its history. Um, I think that also him being tied to the Ferrari Driver Academy and him being a reserve driver for, for Ferrari excuse me, and being uh, Alfa Romeo's test driver, right? Maybe? Yeah, he, he had a session, I believe. He drove, he drove in one of the free practices this year. Yeah, in Portugal, I believe. So I think that they're very much grooming him for that spot. However, next to him, I have Mick Schumacher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get ready for this hot take, okay? I think that Schumacher is going to leave the sinking ship that is the Haas F1 team and go to greener pastures into another relative midfield team who's going to attempt to fight for points, Alfa Romeo, just because I think that he'll realize that the situation that he's in is extremely difficult uh, at Haas because he's going to play second fiddle to Nikita Mazepin, even though he's even though Schumacher is the better driver. Uh, just because of the amount of funding that Mazepin brings in. So that's why I think that Schumacher leaves Haas for his own good and goes to Alfa Romeo, another Ferrari-powered team. That's what I think that Mick Schumacher should do. However, I don't think that he will do it. Because why, why Jordan? Tell me. Because I think that he's gonna stay just for the the grooming because he's being groomed by that team. He knows the car. I think the the next time that Mick Schumacher leaves the well, the next time, the only time Mick Schumacher leaves the Haas team is when an opportunity comes around to drive maybe a red car. Um 
and Alfa Romeo is red like, too. <laughs> I mean the red car on the grid. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Enzo Ferrari said, when you have a kid paint the car, they're gonna draw it red. Um, so the red car is what I'm saying. Uh, I think he's trying to learn the car. I think he's trying to prove that he can take a bad situation and make it good. Yeah. I think that proves resilience in a person. I think that Ferrari or whoever else wants to, another top tier team who would want to take him down the line will see that. And I think that speaks more to Mick Schumacher than it does to Haas. And I think that that works uh, and that, that benefits Mick Schumacher at the end of the day. And that's why I don't think that he will just leave after one year, jump ship. He's not, he's not, doesn't strike me as that type of character to jump ship right away after one season. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you that he doesn't seem like that type of character, but at the same time, I feel like he rates himself pretty well. And I feel like his quest, I mean, let's be real here. Mattia Bonato said that they're eyeing Schumacher for two years from now. So uh, Mattia Bonato is the team principal of Ferrari for those who don't know. So Mattia, Mattia Spinala. So um, another F1 meme. So anyways, I think that, (laughs) I think that for his own good, he's going, he's probably going to make that extra step that is being selfish, but not the kind of Valtteri Bottas selfish. Uh, I think that it's going to be to save his career and not be stuck in whatever is going on with Haas that he's going to just leave and Alfa Romeo will gladly take him on. Look, I, I, I think that Alfa Romeo will gladly take him on. I just think that Mick Schumacher is in that seat. I don't think he'll leave it until he, he, he gets the call from Mattia. But now we're going to move on to another driver academy. Let's talk about the Red Bull Driver Academy and Alfa Tauri. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I have my list messed up on my phone. So I have Aston oh. Martin next, but it's okay. Let's go to AlphaTauri. AlphaTauri came in fourth in the Constructors' Championship in 2020. So we're going to talk about them next. Jonah, what do you envision for the Red Bull Driver Academy? What are they going to do with their sister team, sister, daughter team, junior team? I feel like it's more of a B team at this point, but it's not even a B team anymore because Pierre Gasly is. is pushing the hell out of that car so um with alpha tauri next year i have yuki tsunoda keeping a seat i feel like he's gonna pick it up this year uh it takes people some time to get used to an f1 car because even compared to f2 cars it's a completely different beast especially when f2 cars are manufactured all by the same company it's all a spec series so having the, the reason why teams in F1 are called constructors is because they're literally constructing their own car from zero. Um, so I think that Yuki Tsunoda keeps the seat, even though Honda leaves, even though uh, he may have a rough start. I think that he's going to pick it up and do well this year enough that he keeps the seat. However, Pierre Gasly does not stay in AlphaTauri, and he gets replaced by Jehan Daruvala. Um, look, you are not enjoying my takes right now, and I see no, you. not at all. Uh, really? <laughs> I think that Jehan Daruvala had a very up and down season last year uh, in F two, 
However, he really picked it up at the end and showed that he could compete for podiums, whether he's on whether he's on pole or whether he is on reverse grid and starts from near the back. Um, even in this year alone, he we've had three races in F2 so far. They were all in Bahrain. And Jehan Daruvala picked up a podium in one of them and finished fourth in a second one. Uh, and I think that he will finally show that the Red Bull needs to take a gamble on an Indian driver and put another Indian driver back on the grid because I think that Jehan Daruvala is going to be the most successful Indian driver that we've seen to date. And I think that uh, he's going to do well enough to this year as well, maybe runner up, maybe third place. Um, and that he is going to do enough to convince Helmut Marco to give him that seat. Jonah, you've been surprising me tonight with these takes. I really, I, I, I really, really am enjoying this conversation because we're able to disagree and it's, it's, a, it's a hot debate and I love it. I agree with the first, the first pick. Yuki Tsunoda, I believe, will pick it up. I love his aggressiveness. I love how he, he takes the car and he drives the car, doesn't let it drive him. I think he, he fully is deserving of that seat, especially because of his F2 performance last year. He, you know, aside from Mick Schumacher, I think he completely dominated F2 in a lot of races. Uh, I remember I haven't been watching F2 for a while. I've also only started watching a bit Last year, I didn't, I didn't watch the, the races this year even. Um, so I'm not really familiar with that too, but I do keep up with the standings and keep up with what's going on. And I really like Yuki Tsunoda. However, for the second seat, that's where we differ. I think, and we spoke about this in the French Redemption episode for whoever didn't watch that episode yet, I highly encourage to watch the episode, our first French episode. And I am a big, big fan of Alexander Alba. You think he's going to make a comeback? I think Alexander Albon is, and I'm willing to guarantee it, that he will be partnering Yuki Tsunoda next year at AlphaTauri in the ATO3. You, you want to guarantee this, Jordan? I want to guarantee More, it. Okay, to add to that, why do you think that Albon is going to make a comeback in Alpha Tauri and not in the Red Bull car again. Because I think, I mean, I don't want to get into my driver prediction for Red Bull yet, because that is answered by my driver prediction for Red Bull. Okay. Uh, so I can't really get into that yet, but I do think that Alex Albon is more deserving than Daruvala, than Dan Tictum. I think they're very young. I think Dan Tictum maybe needs another year. Well, I think he definitely needs another year in F2. Um, and I think that. Albon with his reserve driver position now with, you know, his very rapid success at Toro Rosso at the time, I think he still has some development to do before he becomes a really, really solid F1 driver. And I think that an opportunity Alpha Tauri will renew his confidence and his, his skill of actual F1 driving and he can show what he can actually do in F1 with a team that he can really be comfortable in. And I really think that he can mimic a Pierre Gaston situation where he can push that car to its limit and show that when you are in a comfortable position, not with crazy pressure of partnering Max Verstappen, 
like he did in Tarroso, can push an Alpha Tari car. See, this is kind of where I disagree with you, is that I, I understand where you're coming from, that yes, Albon has did well in the Torosso in the Alpha Tari. Um, however, I think that if he's going to make a comeback, and for me, that's an if, spoiler, he's not on my list, uh, that he wouldn't go with Alpha Tari. He would stick with the car that he's driven for the last for the half of 2019, for all of 2020, and that he's been testing on in 2021. So look, I think that that's not his choice. I think that Red Bull is ultimately just going to offer him the Alpha Tauri seat at the end of the day because they because if not, they would have offered it to him this past year. So I think that that's ultimately not Alex Albon's choice. I think what they will offer him is a development position at the AlphaTauri team. And I'm guaranteeing it, and I really, really want to see him back in F1. All right, let's 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 wait until this episode ends so that we could talk about this guaranteeing because <laughs> I will make a bet on that. Uh, <laughs> well, we with AlphaTauri, I think that this is a moment where I bring up also potential competitors that we don't, that we don't have in our lineup. Like for example, Yuri Vips, for ex- you mentioned Alex Albon. I'm going to mention, mention Daniel Kvyat again. Uh, also throwback to our, our, but see, our the reason why I'm episode. putting somebody like Albon on my Afotari lineup for 2022 is because he has the age he's young. Mm. And that team is supposed to be a development team. So I think that, you know, Gasly has pushed that car, but I think they do want to return to that development stat, that development status, being the B team, being the junior team. And I think that Albon will put it back in its place because he does need development. I think that he's deserving of the development. Well, so I think that that's his competitive edge over giving it to somebody like Daniel Kvyat, who has been at Red Bull, who has been... At AlphaTauri multiple times, well, Toro so at the time. Even even over Yuri Vips, who's also in the academy. I mean, I'm going through the academy, and I think that Daruvala deserves it most. Look, I think that I think that Albon, I'm not saying he'll be given a three-year contract. I think he'll have it for that year. And if he can't prove anything in that year, I think that it's time for Albon to look elsewhere, Formula One. Roman Grosjean had a pole position this weekend. In IndyCar, finished second. Maybe he could look at the IndyCar. Honestly, I'm very happy that you pulled that up because I want to say congratulations to Romain Grosjean for putting that through. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Especially, especially after what happened in Bahrain last year. Just, I think that's an amazing comeback story that really needs to be mentioned. So now that we've talked about Romain Grosjean, everyone in the Red Bull Academy, Daniel Kvyat and Alex Albon. Let's go to our our favorite team, Jordan. Or is uh, that... Alpine came in the constructors. Oh, Alpine. Okay. I'm, I have my list wrong. So let's go to Alpine. It's okay. Now. We'll go to Alpine. For me, Alpine is very boring as well. Stays the same. I love Esteban Ocon. I think they will keep him because of his skill. I think they'll keep him because of his French background and French na- and nationality. And that is the French team. I love seeing their gear with Le Coq Francais. It's uh, great to see. And I think they will keep Albon. 
album. Akon for uh, for next year. I think he will take a big step this year and show that he can be like Gasly in the AlphaTauri, pushing that car to its limits, as he showed in Spain, as the team showed pace in Portimao. I think that Akon can succeed very much with the Alpine team. I think Alonso will be there solely because he signed a two-year contract. I think they're committed to him, and I don't think there's a reason why to switch Alonso. No other reason besides that. I'm going to talk to you about Fernando Alonso because I don't understand. Right now, he, has, he hasn't shown his two-time world championship form. We've seen other contracts, for example, that of Sergio Perez, where he was slated to drive for two more years, just get canceled. Uh, what makes you think that they're actually going to stick with him? Uh, because, look, I will give you credit that, uh, that Esteban Ocon is doing really well. But Fernando Alonso is currently fighting for P13 in the championship where he was a double world champion. So the reason why I say this is because solely because I, I read an article and saw the interview with Alonso. And I actually, we spoke with us in a driver rankings episode where I said Alonso is only back. He said when he left F1, when he left McLaren, he said there is only a 10% chance that he comes back to F1. And he said that that 10% chance would be something like the new regulation changes in 2022. So I think that, well, he originally signed his contract before they were pushed to 2022. So I think that he is solely back in F1 because of these new regulation changes and will at least stay one year with a Formula One team in the new regulations. And I don't see it being any team besides the Alpine team. I don't think that he deserves the seat. I don't think that he will perform well this year and prove that he does deserve the seat. I think he's solely there because he layered his intentions before signing, signed the contract, and I think the two parties will respect the contract. Let's not forget also the marketing purposes of having a two-time world champion on your team. Exactly. Uh, and a French driver. That is a marketing gold right there <laughs> that's yeah, my exactly. marketing gold mine um Jim, that being said uh you are not going to enjoy my picks my friend uh i have a french driver uh however it is not esteban Ocon. it is pierre gasly taking up the alpine one of the alpine seats and replacing fernando alonso i have I think this is finally the time that they give Guan Yu Zhou a chance to get into that seat. So I have Alpine kicking out both of their drivers and putting the French connection. The, Gasly's been linked to Alpine for so long. I think that it's time that he gets out of the toxic environment that is the Red Bull teams uh, and goes, reunites with his home, his home team, uh, and Guan Yu Zhou has shown already this season in F2 that he could put it on pole. Uh, he could fight for podiums. He could win races. I think that this is finally the time that Alpine take their best and brightest future star in the academy, and they put him on the grid because Fernando Alonso will not cut it, and I don't like Esteban Ocon. 
Just because you don't like Esteban Ocon doesn't mean he's not going to retain the seat. I don't, I don't think that he's not going to do well enough for Alpine because... Look, he's in the I top. Feel he's like, fighting for top 10 places. I, I feel like Alpine... I feel like Alpine are, are really going the same route as in North American sports where you have an owner who flips out because they're not where they need to be and they just fired their GM and their president and their head coach in one season. Uh, I think this is going to be the year where Alpine say, why aren't we fighting for podiums? Why aren't we fighting for wins? And they end up firing everybody. So they did. They kind of showed it with uh, Cyril last year getting fired. His departure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that they're going to need a huge shakeup at Alpine if they want to be back to where they are uh, or where they were when they won two world championships. Uh, so that's why, that's why I think that in the shakeup, they put in a proven race, race winner uh, in F1 and they take a proven race winner in F2. Look, I really like Pierre Gasly. I really, really like Pierre Gasly. I don't think he ends up with the Alpine team, but I really like him. And I'm going to get into him later because he is on my list. He will be driving in 2022. I didn't put him in alpha tire, but he will be driving in 2022. We'll get into it later. Guan Hu Zhou. I love Guan Hu Zhou. I really do. For those who listen to our French podcast, I love him. I see him in F1. You know, not next year. Definitely a couple years down the line, whether it be... You had him going to alpha (laughs) towery. You know, I... For me, he can really go anywhere because I think he's a talent. I think in when his time comes to where he's not going to be in F2 anymore, I think he will for sure be in F1 and not be like a Nobuharu Matsushita who leaves, you know, the spectrum and, and, and does not end up with a place in F2 and, and so on. I think that he will be in Formula 1, whether it be in Alpine, whether it be in Alphatari, I think he'll end up being in F1. I don't, do not think that it will be next year. Unless he has a phenomenal season, wins F2, and has a crazy season, I don't see him being an F1 next year, but I will not deny that he is a generational talent and that he can dominate the sport one day. Very happy that you didn't mention my Pierre Gasly pick that much because, <laughs> look, no, I I'm think gonna get, I'm gonna Pierre Gasly is going to go to Alpine next year. You're going to guarantee Albon going to AlphaTauri. I will guarantee Pierre Gasly going to Alpine next year because it's time. I think that it's time that the French guy goes to a French team. And I don't... The French guy's already in a French team. Look, here's another point of why I didn't have... Because when I was making my picks, I was thinking I'm going to put Gasly and Ocon on the same team when you have a double double French lineup in a French team. However, Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon really don't like each other. So yeah, that's a, that's a thing. I think, I think that that, well, that was my main reason why I didn't have Esteban Ocon retaining his seat in my logic uh, is that Alpine is going to reach for Gasly and they're going to say, I don't think that they're going to end up saying, you know what, work it out, you guys, because we need to put together a great team. It's going to be bad if that happens. So that's why I think that they get rid of Esteban Ocon. I think that Esteban Ocon is going to really prove it this year and show that he deserves that seat. He's going to push the car, consistent top 10 finishes, points finishes for him. And I don't see him leaving. I think Pierre Gasly has different goals in his uh, F1 aspirations 
But let's talk about a team that I don't think will have a shakeup at all, as you think Alpine will have a shakeup. I don't think Aston Martin will have a shakeup whatsoever. Neither do I. Neither do I. This is, um, this is our hot take. Aston Martin we, is not changing its drivers. Exactly. We both know, Jonah, that uh, uh, Stroll is in the family business. We both know that Vettel has a long-term contract with the team. They really like him. They like the influence he brings to the young Canadian driver. I like the, I like the influence and the, 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 and the mentorship that he brings to the team. Four-time world champion, knows how to win races, has the aggressiveness and, and I believe still the drive to win races. And I think that that's a perfect lineup. I love the lineup today and I will love the lineup next year. I agree with you. I don't think that Aston Martin changed their lineup. I think that this is finally the year where Stroll moves out of the most underrated driver category because he will actually show compared to Sebastian Vettel that he could beat a four-time world champion over the course of a season. Uh, However, I, uh, I think that Sebastian Vettel will mostly be retained because of development uh, and marketing purposes more than his actual race talent. Agreed. Um, because, look, I have a lot of respect for Sebastian Vettel as a driver. He won four world champion, four world championships. But I think that on top of that, just the the notes that he brings in terms of of making sure that a car is well set up, that a car is better developed, and now that maybe next year they'll develop the regulations not just around well the car, according to the regulations, not just around Stroll, but around Vettel as well, using his ability to really understand where a car can improve and what works best with him, that this probably won't be the year for Vettel where he really shows this, like, I am happy that I left Ferrari because I'm going to do well in Aston Martin. Next year is going to be the year, uh, as a marketing person, I absolutely love the driver com- the driver combo of Lance and Vettel, and I think that it's going to stay that way. I don't know if you watched the video. Did you watch the video, Jordan, of their blindfold drawing? Because I love no, every not single yet. second of it. No, not recommended. When you get the time, watch it, because it's really, really funny. And it really shows a personal side of Lance that a lot of people don't see. I like all the content they do. I love McLaren Unboxed. I love all the YouTube content. I watch all of it. Um, just to touch on, on Vettel, I, I, really, uh, I really liked what you said about how they are going to retain him for marketing and development purposes. I do think that's the reason why they will retain him, 100%. However, that being said, I also think that he still has that motivation and desire like you said, maybe not this year, but next year to prove it to Ferrari. This is, this is why I went to your team to begin with. This is what I should have done with your team. I think that he will have that sort of season where he really sticks it to Ferrari. I think that he wants that sort of season. And I think that he will stay at Aston Martin and, and, and try and prove that. I, I really hope that he does too, because I'm not the biggest fan of Ferrari, uh, and if there's one thing that I do like, it's seeing Aston Martin do well, uh, especially because Canadian links, Canadian driver, regardless of, of who, which driver it is, I'd like to see Aston Martin do well. I, I completely forgot 
that Ferrari was before Alpine in the 2020 Constructors' Championships. And we fully skipped That's over That's true. Ferrari. Okay, well, you were, you were the one that was controlling the list because I, I screwed up my list, I, but I it's fine. I it wrong. Also, let's 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 go to Ferrari then. Can I can I, I start off with my Ferrari picks? I mean, mine are, are I I'll just say mine very quickly because it's the same as this year. I think they're same retaining. same here. Ferrari yes. is the same lineup. Okay, I thought you were gonna change. No, 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 no. I don't think that uh, Ferrari is gonna change their lineup. I think that Carlos Sainz is doing the most that you can to be Charles Leclerc's teammate. Uh, Agreed. I. I, I don't look. Leclerc has managed to push that car to P4 so many times, and that car should not be in P4. Uh, they really shows the testament of what a driver Charles Leclerc is. I think that Carlos Sainz is doing well uh, in the Ferrari based on this the standards and the expectations that have been placed on them. Um, throughout this season and I think that because of that Carlos Sainz definitely deserves it a drive next season in Ferrari Uh, and Charles Leclerc I mean he has the longest contract in F1 history so yeah Carlos Sainz is doing really well for his first four races he did have a little bit of a fallout in Portugal however I think that's you know it's it's a learning game you know Ricardo also did have a great qualifying performance in Portugal as well so it's it's a learning curve when you join a new team. So he, yes, agreed. He's doing the best he can in a new car and as Charles Leclerc's teammate. But man, the Monegasque is a whole different animal. It's crazy. I don't know how he does it. it it's, he, it's the same thing with, uh, with Pierre Gasly and Alpha Tauri to a, to a certain extent where both of them are pushing those cars where they definitely should not be, especially no. Gasly qualifying P5. So yes, and and Charles Leclerc being in front of Bottas for you know maybe like a third of the race in Barcelona, Spain. exactly. Uh, my most recent memory as we're as we're as we're filming this, he is a whole different animal. He knows how to drive the car. He knows the insides, the outsides of that car. He knows that car better than I think anyone has known that car since Michael left. Um, And for that reason, he will continue to push that car. I think we can see him even winning races with that car in the near future. And I think that he knows that car so well that he will, you know, we've, we've spoken about contracts not being respected. The longest contract in Ferrari history will be respected and I believe extended as well. I, I agree with you as well. Honestly, if Charles Leclerc does not win a world championship over the course of his career, that will be absolutely disrespectful and a complete failure on Ferrari's part because yes. they honestly, he deserves to win. He deserves to win a world championship because he is really maximized the way that that works. That works. You you back with me, Jordan? I don't know if your camera's working. Yeah, the the, blue, the Bluetooth cut off. So oh, the Bluetooth cut off. But anyways, just all this for saying Charles Leclerc is really great. He should be winning a world championship. Uh, uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I really want to see him uh, uh, win world championships by the end of his career. Okay, so we skipped Ferrari by accident. Uh, what's the next? What's the next? Uh, team? McLaren third McLaren. in the constructors last year. What do you think? 
They're not moving. They are not Agreed. moving any drivers. Norris and Ricardo is a fantastic combination. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. I have nothing to say. I Norris think I think that that prediction for this season, Ricardo and Norris both get both get mo- future podiums throughout the season. I couldn't agree more, and I think that I think that Norris can pull a Pierre Gasly and win a race this season. I'm going to go as far I wouldn't. As I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but the logical choice out of the two of them would be to pick Ricardo because he's already won a race. But... Yeah, but I think that Norris knows the car better at this point and can push that car to a race win in 2021. Um, and I think that they love him. I think he loves McLaren, and I don't see Ricardo being a one-year and leaving situation. I think that he's, I think that McLaren is going to be his final destination in Formula One. And I think that he will uh, be staying there until, at least for next year. It's a very, very solid choice. Yes. We don't have anything now let's else get to say about McLaren. Teams. Our, what, what is your definition of interesting? <laughs> Red Bull and Mercedes. <laughs> Red Bull. Okay. So, I don't know if this is I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I don't have them switching drivers. I think that Verstappen and Perez are going to keep their seats. Um, let's let's not deny that is Max Verstappen's team, and I think that Sergio Perez, compared to your boy Alex Albon, has done much better than Alex Albon so far, and I think that he's going to get better grips of that car. I really hope that he does because if there's one thing that I don't want to see is Sergio Perez screwing up when he gets another big opportunity because in 2013, he went to McLaren. I mean, McLaren had a bad car, but still Sergio Perez did badly in, in a McLaren where he had the opportunity to do, to do something good. Um, and I think that Sergio Perez does well this season uh, picks it up. I think that actually Monaco could be the point where Sergio Perez actually wins a race. So uh, I think that it's it's very hot take, but Monaco is seven days from now at the time of recording, and I think that Sergio Perez can win a race in Monaco. Um, but yeah, I think that Sergio Perez keeps his seat. Max Verstappen keeps his seat. Um Really, both of them, uh, both of them are great, great drivers. Uh, it really, really pains me to say this, but I disagree with you. Don't don't tell and me it pains, you didn't say Sergio is out. <laughs> and it pains me to say this because I really liked Sergio when he was at Racing Point at the time. However, I think that that second Red Bull seat is haunted. I think that second Red Bull seat is the devil's seat. And I do not see him doing well in that second Red Bull seat. I think the problems will continue to arise and I think it will work to Sergio Perez's detriment. And I unfortunately do see him not in F1 in 2022. And I haven't had a lot of hot takes this episode. Jonah, you know that normally I come, I come, in, with, I come in with fire takes. I've been, I've been beating you in the hot take department this, today. This, this, this episode, it's been you. Now, 
this is my only, I would say, hot take. Well, there's another hot take coming up, but this would be one of two major hot takes this episode. And I think that the driver lineup of Red Bull in 2021 will be the same driver lineup at the start of 2019, and it will be Monsieur Pierre Gasly and the Dutchman, basically the owner of the team, Max Verstappen. I think that Gasly has proven with this AlphaTauri drive that he's been putting on with the pushing of that car to its limit and winning a race that he can be in a Red Bull seat and that he's ready for the Red Bull seat. And I don't think I have to explain too much. He's proven that he is not supposed to be in a lower, you know, lower midfield team. He needs to be in an upper midfield team. He wants to win races. He's going to do with Red Bull. And Max Verstappen is not leaving. Spoiler. Spoiler, Max Verstappen's not leaving. But I have a question for you on that. Because what what makes you think that Red Bull are going to take another chance on Gasly when let's let's toss away the rumors that Gasly wants nothing to do with Red Bull. Say those rumors don't exist. What makes you think that that Christian Horner and Adrian Newey and Helmut Marco are going to take a chance on Gasly again based on his poor results in the Red Bull when he ended up being in the car for half the season? I mean, Jordan, let me ask you a question to answer this question. How many years was Pierre Gasly in Formula One before he joined the Red Bull seat? Was it one? He one was zero? one year in Formula okay. One. All right. Now he has three years in Formula One. It's going to be his fourth full season this season in Formula One. I think that he has the experience. He's more mature, he is more poised, and he's more determined than ever before. And I think that Red Bull is a team that has always taken from within. Sergio Perez is one in a million. They have not taken from outside of the Red Bull Driver Academy in a very long time. Sergio Perez is one in a million, he's an exception. I do not think they will make an exception again. And I think that somebody who needs to be in the Red Bull seat needs to be somebody who's experienced because we've seen that if you're a puppy coming into that Red Bull seat, it's very hard, like Alex Albon, very hard. But now I think that Pierre Gasly is a big, bad French bulldog. You, you, you talk about needing experience, though. And if you want to talk about experience, Sergio Perez has a lot more experience in an F1 car than Pierre Gasly does. Yes, Pierre Gasly and Sergio Perez both have the same amount of race wins. But um, I still, I, I think that Sergio. The, what I'll reply to that is that I think that Helmut Marco values experience within his driver academy more than outsider experience based off of the fact that he's chosen, along with Christian Horner, to select drivers from within for the past, I mean, since their inception. I think I think the other driver that they didn't take, I mean, with the exception of their first two lineups, was Mark Weber. Maybe I guess that was yeah. the one that he didn't that that wasn't part of the driver academy. Um, and Mark Weber did pretty well, but I think that 
this is going to be, I will. I I don't think that that Pierre Gasly is going to want to go back to Red Bull just because of the 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 bad situation that happened with him in 2019. But I I think that that's where he's going to end up. Just like Alex Albon, I do not think that it's his decision um, because I don't think there's a spot for him in Alpine. I think the other midfield teams are keeping their lineup as we spoke about. And that's where he's going to ultimately end up because I don't think that Sergio Perez is going to succeed. Unfortunately, I love him. I want him to succeed, but I don't see it happening because I am so convinced that that second seat is haunted and that that second seat is the devil's seat, like I said before. If the second seat is is haunted, then what would make Pierre Gasly go there? That's, the, that's what I'm trying to see because I don't think he has a choice. I think it's either that or no F1. It's fair. I mean, That's... I have him going to Alpine, but... Fair way... enough. But I don't think there's room at... Like, according to my driver lineup, I don't think there's room at Alpine, especially with, with what they have going on right now and the contract they have in place. I don't think there's room at Alpine. Okay. Well... Now, Jonah. Yeah. A team where, you know, you had Bottas going to Williams. So a team where there is room is Mercedes. You want to tell me what you have going on in Mercedes if Bottas is leaving? If Bottas is leaving, he's being replaced by George Russell and he is going to partner the probably eight-time world champion Lewis Hamilton. Uh, I feel like your take is going to be different than mine because of the respect that you have for one of the drivers, uh, which I don't. And... I think that Lewis Hamilton has already said, I want to get an extension for my contract done by summer break. I don't think that he's leaving anytime soon. We talked multiple times of, about, I think it's time for change. I think that it's time that he retires. He could get his eighth and call it a day. He will, be the, he will officially be the best driver of all time. I think that is that Hamilton's mentality of always being in race form and not stopping even at the age of 35 means that he wants to continue and that he's going to continue with the opportunities that Mercedes have given him. Um, I think that it's going to be a crazy fight for the title to have an eight-time world champion against George Russell because we saw what George Russell could do in literally Lewis Hamilton's car in Secure. It was not a new car based around him. It was the car that Lewis Hamilton drove and George Russell stepped into. The car was even too small for him because George Russell is taller it's than Lewis Hamilton. freakishly tall. Exactly. So that's why I think that George Russell has proven by pushing the Williams where it is now, by pushing Valtteri Bottas to the edge in the secure Grand Prix, by showing that he could do what needs to be done to win, especially in, especially in Imola, even though they weren't fighting for wins. A Williams was fighting with a Mercedes. That should be proof of something. Uh, that is going to be a crazy lineup like Hamilton and Rosberg 
and it's going to be a great mental and driver battle on the track, off the track. I'm going to love every single second of it. <sighs> You're not going to like my take. You're really not going to like my take. I know Lewis Hamilton has said he wants something to happen by the summer break. However, though, I don't think he has done a 23 race season at his age. And I think that by the time he wins his eighth world championship, I think he's going to take his racing shoes off and the suits that he's been wearing. He's going to hang it up and call it a career. I think that he needs to go out with a bang. This is our controversial take, Jordan. This is a very controversial take. I think that Lewis Hamilton, once he wins, wants to end off on a high note. And I think that he will be retiring after this year, contrary to what the media has reported. I don't necessarily want to see it happen, but I do think that's what's realistic, given his age, given what he's been through. And I do see George Russell replacing him in Mercedes, as you see George Russell having a seat in Mercedes. But... Where we differ is I see Valtteri Bottas retaining the seat at Mercedes, partnering George Russell. And that is because I see Lewis Hamilton being the one that departs and not Bottas being the one that departs. And I think that George Russell's the only candidate to replace anybody in a Mercedes seat. Unless, and that's why I have... Unless somehow Max Verstappen loses his mind Bottas. and leaves a Red Bull. <laughs> I don't think so, but that's why I have Bottas partnering... George Russell, GR63 in the Mercedes, AM, W13. W13. I was going to say AMR, but the W13. Okay. Um, let's talk about George Russell before we talk about Valtteri Bottas. Actually, no, let's talk about Lewis Hamilton retiring. Yeah, because um, what's the logic behind that? He. Look, I, I understand where you're coming from that I think that this is what we both want to happen versus what's actually going to happen. <laughs> uh, we've, we've both been on record saying it's about time that Lewis Hamilton hangs up the skates, as we say in hockey. Yeah, Don't, that's where I was getting the suit he, and the boots and the yeah, racing shoes from. He... He hangs up the skates. He wins his eighth. He fights Max Verstappen for it, hopefully, every single race. And he retires on top. That's what we want to happen. But we all know that Lewis Hamilton will always find a way to pull tremendous situations out of nothing. We've seen it in races. We've seen it in cars. We've seen it in teammates. I think that Lewis Hamilton will come back because of his drive and his motivation. Just like you say that Pierre Gasly is motivated, like Sebastian Vettel is motivated. Lewis Hamilton, as long as he's crushing everything in his path, he will not want to stop. Um that's why, that's why I think that he's going to stay and that he's not going to retire. Besides the fact that he said that he's going to sign a contract, hopefully, by 
the summer break for his sake. So yes, the media has reported that. However, the media also reported last year that he was on retirement after his seventh world championship because he didn't have a contract extension. And that took a very long time to negotiate. You know, as you said, he crushes everything in his path. He gets what he wants. He normally does get what he wants in terms of contract negotiations. He gets the one-year extensions. And he, he himself has been quoted on Stephen Colbert's show saying that he thinks he has the best contract in Formula One ever because he gets everything he wants. He can, be the, he can do the one-year to toggle with retirement afterwards, see if he wants it. And I think that he takes the one years for a reason because he always knows that retirement is an option. And that is my logic, is that he keeps taking one years. And I think that he's always playing with retirement in his head, even though he might say that he wants, um, you know, to, to sign, that's, what, that's what's being reported again. I think that he still toys with it. And I think that come a 23 race exhausting season, an eighth world championship, I think that those thoughts will be as prevalent as they have ever been. And I think that he will ultimately pull the trigger, take off the suit, and maybe assume a mentorship consulting role with Mercedes. And Yeah, and Jensen Button went back to Williams this year. I would love yeah, to see I, I, Hamilton I really don't see why not. I think that Lewis Hamilton can be a very good asset to the Mercedes team. And I'm going to touch on something that I didn't think I would, would have to, to, was going to talk about, you know, in, in, in this episode. But now that I'm on the topic of Lewis Hamilton being, you know, a consultant, a mentor within the team, Lewis Hamilton really aspired to Nicky Lauda. And they had an incredible relationship. And I think that Lewis Hamilton wants to eventually be what Nicky Lauda was to Mercedes and to Lewis Hamilton, to a younger driver, to the Mercedes team. I would really love to see that, honestly. Um, Nicky Lauda won, was it two? Was it three world championships, I think? I believe it was two. Yeah, so Nicky Lauda was the main person that convinced Hamilton to come to Mercedes and leave McLaren. And I think that it would be really great for him to be a mentor for someone else just so that all of that goes full circle. I mean, you saw the highlights of, of Niki Lauda being at every single race uh, when he had the health to do so. Um, and then the day, well, no, the week after Niki Lauda died, Hamilton won in Monaco. So yeah, uh, it was- With the amazing red, uh, red halo. Exactly. So I think that it would be really great to see that just for the sport. Um, we already see something like that with Michael, Michael Schumacher. No, yeah, Michael Schumacher to Sebastian Vettel. Sebastian Vettel to Mick Schumacher. Uh, we're seeing a lot Which of Which is that. lovely to see. Yeah, exactly. We're seeing some great wholesome content in the F1 paddock right now. And I think that it would be great for for Lewis Hamilton to assume that mentorship role um, because as he will probably come out as being the greatest driver of all time, everyone will want to be him in terms of records. So yeah. 
now that we're at that point, let's talk about Valtteri Bottas, Jordan. (laughs) I don't understand why you have such high hopes for him, even when he's being, he's, he's even being neglected by his own team. Yeah, we you have... think that this is going to be Bottas's team to 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 take over? Because I no, don't I think, think it's so. going to be Jordan Russell's yeah, team exactly. to take over. But I do think that Bottas plays. You know, they don't like saying second driver. They don't like saying seven second fiddle. It is the biggest elephant in Formula One calling a driver a second driver of a team. But I do think that Valtteri Bottas is a second driver in terms of his role with the Mercedes AMG Petronas Formula One Motorsport. Um, I think that he will eventually in 2021 show his confidence. Now that we have two Austrian races, a track that he has been known to do very well at, I think that he can show that he can drive that car. And I think that that will give him a lot of confidence for the rest of the season. And I think that when he gets that drop of confidence, he can show that he can take that car and win races with it. And I think that that's why in this second half of 2021, I think that's why where he will prove that he can retain that seat. But not only that, I think that because Lewis Hamilton's going to retire, I think that they have no other choice but to also keep him in the seat. <laughs> yeah. Um, Valtteri Bottas won in Austria in 2020. The um, first race of the season. The first race of the season. Um Lewis Hamilton had a five-second penalty. Uh, on top of that, now that we get... Well, for those who don't know, Turkey got dropped uh, from the calendar. France which is very India, sad. Tur- Turkey got dropped from the calendar, which originally replaced Canada. France is moving up a week, and Austria is getting two races. So we get to see... I We get to see Valtteri Bottas show what he could be in those two Austrian races. But I don't think that it should be him waiting to, for Austria to prove what he could be because Lewis Hamilton manages to push that car every single race, no matter the circuit. Um, and I think that he won't get that confidence that you keep on talking about because of the, the neglect that he's getting from his team dealing with a seven-time world champion. In Barcelona, his own race engineer said, don't hold Lewis up when Lewis was on a flyer shaving off 1.5 seconds a lap off Max Verstappen. Valtteri Bottas ignored that because he is in it for himself, which is reasonable. But at the same time, I don't think that flew well in the Mercedes garage. So I, I think that his, his reputation with the team is, is, is going downhill. And that's why I don't think that he's going to keep that seat next year. We have very, very diverging opinions. I think that he is, I think that as of Monaco, the next race round five in the 2021 calendar is Monaco at the time of the recording. I think that as of Monaco, Valtteri shows he belongs. I think we're going to see. A, I think we're going to see a Valtteri that that really does show he belongs. I think we might see a couple of race wins. You know, in Austria, some podiums that are not third place. 
I really think that as of Monaco, he's going to be a different driver. And I think that he just needs a track that is high-breaking, easier to overtake, where he can just get that little ounce of confidence to then fuel him for race wins, Mm -hmm. fuel him for a second-place finish consistently. I really think that from here on out, we see a new Valtteri Bottas. And that's how much that's how much confidence I have in him. I really do. I really have a lot of confidence in his poise. I have a lot of confidence in his aggression, in his desire to win. And I, I really do have a lot of confidence in his all-round character as a Formula One driver. I cannot wait for the rest of the season, is if this is what you have set up. We're gonna have a title fight between Verstappen and Hamilton. Bottas is going to show that he's a man of his own. Perez is going to win in Monaco, according to me. Anything is possible in Formula yeah, 1. I guess so. And on that note, that's that's our driver lineup. That's our driver lineup. Congratulations. You made it to the end of the and episode. Exactly. And, and our driver lineup shows anything can happen in Formula 1. So if you are excited to see what's going to happen in Formula One and see our takes on what's going on in Formula One, don't forget to stay up to date by liking our Facebook page and following our Instagram page at the JJF1 podcast. And we will see you for the next episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. See ya. Sayonara.